Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions, ideas, and sometimes interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Hello! This episode we're going to be talking about improv, improvisation, and all things pulling it out of our ass is really, really what that is. Uh, just kind of uh, c- coming up with things in, in all of the things of tabletop role-playing games. Uh, my first thought process uh, for improv is actually not improv. It's prep. <laughs> um, and I was actually looking at a bunch of different guides uh, on improv to give me some ideas on what to talk about. And that was something that actually came up a couple of times was just being prepared, especially from a a story weavers standpoint. Um, If we prepare beforehand, even if it's 20 minutes before we're better off when it comes to the improving different scenarios. And by prep, I mean, like, especially for me, I usually come up with like eight names if we're if I know the party's coming up to a city, I'll come up with eight different names of NPCs. I'll come up with the the shop names or whatever, so that I know, you know, instead of okay, you come up onto this town. It's the it's the town of uh, the Pale Ford, and there's you know there's castle in the background. There's a bunch of uh, of uh, houses on the side and there's some alleyways going on and you guys roll through the 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 drawbridge and the guard stops you guaranteed one of my players is going to ask what's the guard name i i don't know uh sergeant uh fuck fuck you know so <laughs> i think i think just having a, a list of of names is probably the, the first thing that helps me with improv is because that makes it it makes it smoother uh from a story weaver's point of view what do you guys think well i mean yeah i i'm fine with that um as as far as i'm concerned like you guys are are very organized and you you prep and you write notes and you have things to go off of i am the true meaning of improv everything that i story weave is straight from my head on the spot i don't do much more preparing than just like reading up on the subject or or the place i'm going to be story weaving about uh, in my case, it's usually World of Darkness. So, you know, actual real places in, in the United States, Canada, Russia, Alaska, wherever. But I will read up on that kind of stuff. But in, it just kind of file it away. I might have a map or something, but for the most part, names, uh, places, um, everything is just flowing out. And I will write down notes as I come up with them so I can remember them because otherwise I have no brain for that kind of thing. But for the most part, I can't, I just don't like to do that kind of preparation. I I prefer it more to be off the cuff as a solid improv. Robbie. I mean, how I use improv is I usually I'm, (laughs) although I take notes, I say I take notes, but I mean, honestly, it's like bullet points. Uh, I usually will start with an idea or a scene and kind of work my way over there and use I'll work my way through it. Um, a lot of what I improv is I I've learned not to determine what I'm going to do based on my um, players' actions because they usually do something 
I didn't even like, wasn't something I was expecting them to do. So the way I improv is based on what my players do. So I work off whatever my player does. My player's like, I want to go down this hallway. Well, I didn't even build that hallway. The hallway wasn't there, but I guess we have a hallway there now. And I'm usually just pull things that I'm familiar with and I know. And I'm just like, oh, there's a door there or there's like a, a case and the hallway looks like this. And I just kind of work my way through those that process in my head. And that's usually I'll play my game. And I'll usually have an I'll have a beginning, I'll have an end point, I'll have a middle. And I kind of just work work the roadmap around so that way it touches each of those points. So yeah, I think that's important to note what Thorne and, and Bone Daddy have said. Um, I guess note taking is one of the big key points for for improv, especially if you're planning like from a story weaver standpoint. If you're having another session next week or next month, um, writing down the names that you come up with. If you if everything's off the cuff like Thorne does, um, having a little notepad and like okay so who was that guard uh it was sergeant fuck fuck write that down sergeant fuck fuck at this place you know um and that way you don't forget and then one of your players who does take notes is like hey wasn't this guard sergeant fuck fuck and not sergeant jimmy uh, oh yeah yeah i forgot you know it, it ruins a little bit of the the smoothness um but what what Robbie the bone daddy said about uh, using things that you, um, you know, like a hallway is a hallway and we we've all been through multiple hallways before, so we could pull on that. And if we want to make it creepy, we've, you know, everyone's read at least one horror story or seen one horror movie and we know what makes things creepy. So using that knowledge to help with improv, it's not, I think that for me, the, the biggest thing that I have heard about improv, and I'm not like, an, obviously I'm not an expert on improvisation, but the biggest thing that I've heard or the quote that I've heard is that improv isn't complete 100% creativity from free thought. It's based off of things that we've read. Like we're not, we're not going to create anything out of thin air that hasn't got some points and, and, uh, connections from other things that we've pulled from like Robbie said exactly and 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 I'll take it from another direction as a player um which I think I I think I kind of I excel at the improv part of it because I will say some crap and I will do some <laughs> shit that people just find insane mm -hmm. but it's it's from the the past knowledge of, of so many games I've played I like to be unpredictable but it also helps some of the crap I do also helps push the story forward, which is a good thing. But yeah. it, it's like he said, it's, it's drawing from the thousands of hours I've played. It's drawing from that into each scenario, which way it can go. And when you have uh, story weavers like the bone daddy and Illidine, you need to be prepared for just about anything. So I pretty much just listen and let it go. And when something comes up, even similar to some of the past things I've had, it's going to come out. But that's just from your experience. That's just it makes up your personality in the, you know, for the most part. And that's where the improv come from is, is in your personality. If you can if you can draw on the past experiences, usually you're going to have a favorable outcome. Yeah. And I mean. All of us have, uh, like, even people who say, like, well, I've never improv before. I guarantee you improv just in conversations. You don't ever script your conversations with your friends. 
right? So, I mean, you're, you're improving to an extent with your conversations. And I think one of the things, especially I've noticed with tabletop games, is that a lot of people get worried about improv because of the mechanics of the game. Um, and so I, I think that one of, one of my advice for at least with, with how I improv and how I get through my sessions is whether I'm a story weaver or a player, don't worry so much about, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell this guard something. So that's, that's going to be a persuasion check. So I need to make sure that I have a good persuasion. No, just say the thing. And then your story weaver or you yourself as a story weaver will decide, okay, this is a persuasion check because of how it was worded, or this is an intimidation check because of this, this is how it was worded, you know? And it's, it's like how we talk about, we, all of us in the game, uh, we, we've talked about, um, I'm pretty sure it was critical role with Grog as his character um, uh, or Travis playing Grog. That was weird to say Uh, when he was uh, doing a stealth check, he walked past the guard and instead of doing an actual stealth check, he yelled at the guard, you know, see Grog. Well, that's just an intimidation check. But for him, it worked as stealth because the guard was like, oh, shit, you know, when he rolled a nat 20 for the, the intimidation. But if you just say, you know, see Grog, that could be persuasion. If you're like, you know, see Grog, you know, so it it just depends on how you say it. And then the story weaver will deal with the mechanic parts of it. Just say your line, make it funny, make it cool do whatever, make it epic. And then the mechanics will follow afterwards and the dice roll how they may. Exactly. And I mean, one of the, one of the best, um, one of the best techniques that I use for improv with, um, or that I've seen, seen used for improv um, is like the um, idea of like starting with a question, starting with questions. Um, One of my old DMs would um, have like completely like improv like games and what he would do was he would ask, he would incorporate group storytelling with his questions and he would ask the question, like, where are we starting? And you come up with like a concept, like or an idea, like we're starting like in an action scene, like we're starting at, we're all stuck in like a room together. And then he would look at his players and he'd be like, what is the, what does the room look like? And he'd ask them questions and they'd fill in using their own improv to, they'd fill in the scenes as well so like they would he would instead of describing the room he would ask a player what does the room look like and the player would build from there and it does it does give a very different uh a very different view of what a what a a story weaver could be and incorporating the story weaving with the rest of the players as well yeah and i mean it it takes it does take practice i mean and that's that's all i guess that's really all what we're saying over and over again is that you just have to do it and practice but like i mean if any of you are patrons out there uh we with our npcs a lot of that is just us off the cuff improv we come up with an idea ahead of time um like last week's was a uh a professor uh an octopus professor named octavian and that was the sole idea that i had and then i just asked robbie what his back a uh, backstory was and Robbie said a backstory, and then Thorne came up with uh, with a little bit of a, a plot hook for that, and we just kind of bounced each other, bounced ideas off of each other. With with a table that you play with regularly, or at least a table that you have of friends, 
Um, it's very, very easy to do those things. And once you, once you do it for a long time, I mean, like, you know, all three of us have had a, a fairly long, uh, Thorin the longest, but, you know, we've had a fairly long experience into tabletop and, and D and D, uh, specifically. So the way that we play with our friends, we've practiced our improv so much and we've been able to play with each other that we can go and we can play uh, like when Robbie and I went to story weave uh, at San Japan, we were able to play off of the other, other players, even though we didn't really, we weren't necessarily friends until the end of the game. Um, so that's, I, I think just practicing with your, with your friends and coming up with a game, just like how uh, Robbie talked about, you know, oh, what's, what's in this room. You could, if, I think it's fun. I, I used to do this a lot with a, a buddy of mine uh, in high school that we would just come up with things, come up with little stories, come up with, um, oh, I guess, what if scenarios, you know, what if, what if this would happen? And that's some kind of, uh, it's like an exercise for improv. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing that I, I can think of right now is just improv. The word improv can be very intimidating, especially if you're not such an outgoing person. Uh, and they have almost stigmatized that word on comedy shows and stuff like that. Improv shows where they come up with just this hilarious things just off the cuff. And you think there's no way I can do that when, to be honest, think of it like, the, like uh, Illidine said, it, it's a conversation. You're just doing something. You're, you're not having to come up with the most hilarious thing in the world. You just have to come up with what's going on next as a story weaver. Um, maybe not as intimidating because. For the most part, most story weavers are, are prepared and very prepared on these things, and they do a lot of prep work. Um, but as players, it can be intimidating if you just don't know what to say. You know, you're in a situation, you walk into a pub, and the bartender says, what do you want? You say an ale, and then it's dead silence because, you know, you don't know what to say next. Say anything. Like Robbie said, ask a question. Or pull from your, pull from your prior knowledge, pull from your history pull something out that you like did this morning like it's it, it's literally the state it i think what people get scared of the most is it's just there's so much like it's the fear of the choices that they can they can pull from there's just so many options and it's very overwhelming to a lot of people it's it could overload somebody's uh, sense of decision making but i mean it's it's also very freeing you could do or create whatever you want in the scene when I first started playing, I always was afraid of sounding wooden, sounding fake. I always wanted to sound real, like it was a real conversation, like I was talking to somebody even though there was nobody there. Yeah, I always wanted to sound organic. Like I wanted to make sure that my conversations didn't sound like it did. What it didn't sound, even though what it was, what was going on was me talking to myself. Like if I was doing a scene with NBCs, I still, I still suffer from the fear that hey, do I sound, does it sound authentic? the sound organic like in my the sound like a conversation you know and uh that's what a lot of people are afraid of like is it does it sound natural is it makes sense and it doesn't have to it's a fantasy fantasy place you can say something like completely random and it could become a giant thing for the table yeah and i mean one of the things that i i do and i know you guys have probably noticed by now is that I have kind of a pattern. So like as a player it, in Thorne's example of walking into a tavern, if I walk into a tavern and the barkeep says, what do you have? I'm going to ask for your strongest beer, or your strongest ale, uh, depending on what kind of uh, character I'm playing. 
But then after that, I'm I'm straight up going to just ask the barkeep. So what news have you heard? What's what's the local what's the local scoop? And it's the same question I ask at every damn tavern that I've ever gone to as a player. Why? Because it's easy and because it it keeps the the momentum going and there's not that dead silence that Thorne was talking about um, after you say, oh, I'll take a nail. Oh, now I don't know what else to say. Just ask if, if there's been any local news. And then that bounces the mic back to the story weaver to let you know about, you know, whatever the town crier might be talking about something or there might be a uh, some kind of one shot off to the side that, you know, he the, the story weaver saw on DM's guild about a a uh, a haunted cavern or something you know you can you can find all that stuff especially uh, story weavers i suggest going to dm's guild and stuff like that and just have even if you just read the titles of things you know uh, and that's what, something that i've done if i if i don't want to purchase a, a pdf right away i'll read the the title of the pdf and the little snippet that they give and then that gives me an idea like that haunted cavern. There's literally a haunted cavern PDF on my screen. So, you know, you could do that kind of stuff and just stick to a pattern of things to do. And, you know, if you're going to ask for a beer, you ask for a beer and you ask for the, the local scoop or the, the local cheese mint uh, and just move on from there. Uh, and then with that pattern, if you want to go the comedic route, if you have a pattern, the funniest thing to do is to break that pattern. So as a story weaver for me, you know, you always have a, a tavern, you always have a shopkeep and stuff, but every once in a while, I'll throw a town crier in that's talking about somebody's purple socks. And it's one of those things that like, when you're explaining or describing a town, and like the example I gave before, the town in the, of the Pale Ford with the castle in the background and the, 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 the stone houses in the front and the alleyways as you, as you walk across the, uh, the, 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 tow bridge uh and sergeant fuck fuck stops you and asks what you're doing and you tell him what you're doing and he lets you into the town there's a town crier there just spitting out absolute garbledy goop to the players at your table that's going to be hilarious whatever it is that you say and then they're going to call you a comedic and improvisational genius we hope <laughs> now and, and looking back there was a thing that me and, and my group of friends that played D we used to do when we got together once in a while was a like a storytelling tree. And what we would do was sitting around, just joking around, drinking pop or whatever. We would start, one person would start a story. Okay. A man walks into a bar and, you know, he's got a, a members only jacket on and he's, you know, walks in and orders a beer. And the next person takes over and tells the next part of the story. And then the next person takes over and tells the next part of the story. Mm -hmm. That is practicing improv. Mm-hmm. And you can come up with some of the most hilarious stories in the world. Yeah. I mean, we, we did it. I can't tell you how many times. And it was just bullshitting. That's all we were doing. We were sitting around bullshitting. And it turned into a really good time. And you could just, it's such a good practice. And I have to admit, it. it's made me a better person at improv. I went from being worried to sounding wooden in a conversation in D&D to playing two people simultaneously having a conversation in D and D. Yeah. And it, it is, it is really fun when you want, if you practice that kind of stuff. And I mean, my practice was honestly just having arguments with myself. Cause that's how I 
how I think that's my thought process when I'm making decisions just in real life, which might make me sound crazy, but Hey, whatever the voices in my head say, I'm not crazy. Um, but exactly. When, <laughs> when we're talking, you know, like as a, especially as story weavers, there are going to be times where you're going to have a conversation with yourself because you're playing two or three NPCs while the party just listens. And I will say, I wish I had recorded the conversation or the session that we had where it was Robbie, myself and Thorne and Thorne was playing two people. I was playing two people. Robbie was playing two people. And then I threw in a third person for each one of us to, to, to role play. And good God, I mean, just the way we were talking back and forth. And of course, one of the, the characters that Thorne was playing was Tobin, which is already automatically chaotic in any situation. If you've heard any of our episodes whatsoever, talking to ourselves and then adding, talking to somebody else, uh, hilarity does ensue, especially when there's alcohol involved. Um, so you can't, I mean, I guess we've, we've always said it in every episode and we can wrap up here pretty quick, but in every episode, the, the way to win D and D is to have fun. So if you're having fun and you guys are just shooting the shit and just rolling some dice every once in a while and you guys have fun, you win. That's it. Game over. Like it's done. You had a great session. Come back next week. Okay. So, so final thoughts on improv in general. Um, let's see. My final thoughts are is it's improv is a, a wonderful tool to use in games that uh, really allows you to expand your horizons and your imagination to come up with some really fun and, and interesting scenarios for your players. Um, it doesn't, I don't, I'm of the belief that improv shouldn't take the place of, you know, of planning like a campaign, but it is a good exercise to stretch out your creative like juices, like to stretch out your creative muscle and to really come up with new and amazing com- concepts and even when you, you, if you improv and you come up with something that's really cool or you feel is really original, that's something you can add to a game that you've already established. So I, I'm of the belief that it's a great exercise in creativity and you should do it. I agree. Um, and I, I think that uh, using improv while doing a little bit of prep, because even, even Thorne, who says he doesn't prep, he does read. He reads, you know, historical stuff and he reads about the town. That's all considered prep. Um, and you have to admit it at some point, Thorne. I know. But, I know. <laughs> but other than, than just doing it and maybe having a little bit prepped here and there, uh, one of the things that gets thrown around to the end of days in everything that I've ever seen in movies and TV shows and stuff is improv is the line. Yes. And, and although I agree that yes, and works and all that is, is just adding on to whatever the person said and not stopping them dead. So, you know, if Thorne walks into the tavern and asks for an ale as a story weaver, if there's going to be any modicum of silence, I'm going to go, all right, here's your ale and add something to it and say, hey, did you hear about that that haunted cavern outside? You know, we're just going to go on and move it along. That way you don't have that awkward dead silence. But the other thing that I always like to say is that there is indeed a way to improv with no but. Because sometimes in a, in a campaign as a story weaver, you're going to have to tell your players no. But don't just say no and let that be 
the the gavel that ends the whole argument and just say no i'm the dm or the story weaver i say what goes and i don't want that so no just say you know hey that spells way overpowered let's change it up so there's the no but we can do something else that's my two cents yeah okay so my thing is i think even though i do very little prep work for my my story weaving uh but i do i do prep work i'm admitting it that I believe that improv for a story weaver should be a last resort. Um, and I think improv as a player is almost a necessity. Uh, and not to be afraid of the improv. Don't worry about sounding wooden. Don't worry about sounding like a dork. Just say what's on your mind. Say what you think the character is going to say. If it's completely off left and in left field, who cares? This is fantasy. It doesn't matter. You know, you can walk in and the and the bartender says, yeah, here's your ale. Is there anything else you want to know? And you could say, man, that's a really pretty butterfly. Because it doesn't matter. I think I have a player that does that. Yes, we do. <laughs> and I love her dearly. Yes. <laughs> but that's just part of it, man. Improv is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be light. You don't have to put so much weight on it. Because I know a lot of people do. They put this weight on it and makes it scary. It's not scary. Have fun. That's all it is. And as a really quick comment, as a really quick comment, just don't think that you're going to be the next critical role right away. There's nothing stopping you from being the next critical role. Guaranteed, anyone can do it. Anyone can get on a Twitch channel, make a, a, a riveting campaign, and everyone act awesome. And after five, six years have a following that's that gets done a lot, but don't go into a game automatically expecting you as a story weaver to be a Matt Mercer or you as a player to be a Ashley Johnson or a Travis and be able to voice act and do all these things. Don't take it so hard. Like Thorne said, great white Buffalo, great white Buffalo. (laughs) Uh, And so with that, um, the obvious point that we we've talked about a couple of times is that we are no experts uh, and we have the honor and the confirmation uh, from a one Shanna Stoker, or as you might know her on TikTok as the ghoulish gal uh, is going to interview with us uh, in the next couple of weeks. And we are going to be asking her about doing voices and about improv and things because she's done those things before professionally. She's, she's been in an improv troupe. She's done voiceover work um, and she's done many, many other things, but we're going to ask her about those things and get some more insight on this topic. So look for that interview. It's literally going to be the title interview with Shanna Stoker. That's the only thing I'm naming it. So it won't be hard to find (laughs) and it'll be here in the next, uh, five or so weeks uh, after we do the interview, uh, we'll have it come up uh, pretty quick. Uh, And other than that, if you use any of our stuff, remember to shoot us an email at this dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com to give us a story. We'll read it on the podcast. And if it's an awesome story and if it's got enough content in it, we'll ask you to come onto the podcast and we'll, we'll use that uh, and have an episode with you. And with that, have fun, steal everything. And remember to check those dungeons because this dungeon is occupied.